0: Welcome to the Highway Church podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Great to have you in the house today. If you're visiting, welcome. Great to have you with us. December, um, so fast, isn't it? December we're here. <laughs> it's crazy. Now, remember from next Sunday on, for the month of December, We only have one service here at 9 a.m., okay, one at 9 and one at 5 p.m., okay? So if you normally come for the 8.30, you'll be early. Now, don't freak out with that. Some people do come early. Um, It's all right. And if you're coming for the 10.30 next week, you've missed it, baby. (laughs) The train's left the station. So uh, remember that, don't forget that, I'd hate you to miss out. You now I've been preaching a series over the last two months about the church. Um, man, I tell you, the more I get into it, the more I realise we don't, we don't really understand the importance of the church. We don't understand that. And, uh, you know, we need to learn that. And I believe it's this hour that the gospel message is needed more than ever. The gospel message in the day we live has never been more important. And it's the message of salvation that, that Jesus gave us can only be brought by the church. There's no other organisation on the planet that can bring that, the gospel message of salvation because they don't have it. The church of Jesus Christ is the only one that has that message. Now, last week in the PM service, you know, I shared out of Ephesians chapter 2, out of a portion of Scripture, verse 19 to 20. Let me read that to you. It says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets which Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. You can see the church is explained in two verses. That's who we are. It paints that picture. But there's one thing that's most important is to know that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. In verse 21, it says, In him the whole building is joined together together And raises to become a holy temple in the Lord. So we see today that the church is not man made. Amen. It's not man made, it's God made. It's built in him. See if it's not built in him, then it's only man's religion. I've got to tell you, there's a huge difference, sadly. There's a huge difference. But the gap is very small. So I started to read the Gospels afresh, but this time I only read the parts in red. I only focused upon the words of Jesus, and I suddenly realised why there are so many religions in the world. I think someone, I heard someone say that there's like 2,300 different religions in the world. It's like bizarre. It's one book. By 2,300 uh, religions. Because following Jesus will challenge every single part of your nature. And this is what human nature does. See, so if you're challenged by something you don't like, then you go somewhere else and try and find something that fits your, your, your groove. Is that true? It's like a child, you know, a child would go on to mum and say, hey mum, can I do this? Mum will say no. Say, so I'll go to dad. That's what right. We see that in counselling. People come for counselling and you give them, a, you know, uh, what they need to do, but if they don't like it, they'll just go to another counsellor. Until they find one that tells them what they want to hear. Do you understand that today? That's why we have so many different religions. There's only one in red, and that's Christianity, that's Jesus Christ, the teachings of Jesus Christ. I know what I know what Jesus meant in, in uh, the book of Matthew. Book of Matthew, chapter t- chapter seven. Let, let me read that for you. Chapter seven, verse thirteen. This is this is what Jesus was teaching. He said, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Wow, that's challenging, isn't it? Wait a minute, didn't you say I just had to say the prayer and I'm in? Well, partly, yeah. Yeah, Jesus is so black and white. And the very nature of humanity struggles with that. And Greg Anderson said it just last week. He said, you know, freedom is not having many options. Freedom is choosing one option. Freedom is choosing one option. How does the gospel get me through the narrow gate? That's what we need to know, amen? Well, firstly, this morning, you've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. You've got to make it one option. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's the gospel message. It's the gospel message, it's the very cornerstone of the church. Amen? Who agrees with that? But the question we got to ask ourselves is, do we believe that? Do we believe it? You say, well, Pastor, I'm here today, aren't I? Yep. But I'll ask it again, do you believe it? See, if we say we believe it, then all that's left to do is obey it. If we believe it, we'll obey it. And it wasn't until the resurrection that the disciples truly believed. Let me tell you. Now, they believed in Jehovah. They believed in Father God, absolutely. But Jesus, as the Son of God, was still in question. Was still in question. But Acts three, after his suffering... He presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Now, for the disciples, it's game, set and match. You know, they kind of believed before the crucifixion, but now, after 40 days. This wasn't an apparition. This wasn't a vision. This was Jesus communing with them for 40 days and then to watch him ascend up into the clouds. Now, that alone's got to do it, hasn't it? So from that point, they believed, let me tell you. From that point, they believed. No longer a question in their minds. But what about you and I today? It would be very difficult for the disciples not to believe. Knowing what they knew, seeing what they saw, very difficult for them not to believe. But for them it was fact. For us it's faith. For them it's fact. Can't question it. They saw it. They lived it. They breathed it. They were there. They saw it. For them, it was absolute. But for us, it's faith. For us, it's a choice. See, I choose to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, I've had many convincing proofs over my Christian life. No question about that whatsoever. But it still comes down to a choice that I believe. That's, I have one option here. One option. And it's the best decision I could have ever made. It's the best decision I could have ever made, but now I need to, number two, apply it. You've got to believe it, then you've got to apply it. Amen? Believe it and apply it. John 14, 23, Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. And this is where the power of the gospel is demonstrated. From that point, okay, from that point, the disciples allowed the cornerstone to build the foundation for the rest of their lives. From that decision, from that moment of, yep, I believe, without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, I have one option. I choose Jesus, I choose Christ. And then they built their life around that. It was no longer their opinion. It was living the commands of Jesus Christ. They sat under his teachings for three years and then allowed the Holy Spirit to to mould and to shape the rest of their lives. And from that foundation, they changed the world. From that foundation alone, they went out and they changed their world. Why? Because everywhere they went, they applied the gospel. They applied it every day, every day to their life. It's who they were now. It wasn't the church they went to on Sunday, it was who they were. And that was the power in the demonstration because they applied it. We know that the, the plan that Jesus has for those who believe in, in John 10.10, 10, he said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. But that only happens when you apply the teachings of Jesus to your life. That, that the fullness of life doesn't come because I know it. The fullness of life comes when I live it. I live what I know, amen. I begin to live it every moment, every situation, every circumstance that comes to me. I live it. I apply it. This gospel is so powerful, so real. It's my choice. I believe it and I live it. It's guaranteed. But where it comes unstuck is Sometimes we like to write the checks and expect Jesus to sign them. Is that fair? We say God said because that makes it spiritual, but really I want to do it. And God, if you don't give me what I want, I'll walk. Amen? Is it me or it's just quiet in here? I don't know. It's not a funeral, folks. Unless it's death to self, then that's a good funeral. And this is where the narrow or the road narrows. (laughs) Ha-ha. This is where the road narrows. Now, look and settle. Come come back next week because I'm going to do some Christmassy stuff. It'll be a bit lighter, all right? All right, I'll just let you know that now. Sort of endure this one. But come back next week. This is where the road narrows. We cannot do it our way. We must do it his way. His way. Because he's not an accessory to our life. He's the cornerstone. He's the corner. Everything is built in him. He's the cornerstone. And when we make that decision, our lives just get stronger and stronger. All the other options are irrelevant now. I can focus on that one option and begin to build something of worth. Build something that will last. Build something that will strengthen the generations to come. Amen? You bet. Go from victory to victory. There's such a strong foundation in our lives. And and, and when you you start to apply it every day to your life, it doesn't matter the storm that comes, it's not going to shake it. Why? Because it's built on the rock. It's built on the cornerstone. Never fails. We sung about that this morning. His promises never fail. The only time they fail is if we don't apply them. So if Jesus says, blessed are the meek, then why would I be arrogant? Amen? If Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, then why would I judge other people? I want to be blessed, don't you? Jesus is saying, well, if you want to be blessed, this is how you're blessed, then then why would I do something different? Or blessed are the peacemaker, then why would I not forgive? Why would I not just go, you know what? I forgive. Let's not carry this any further. Let's not waste any more energy, time, whatever on that scenario. Let's put it to bed. See, I need to have a blessed life. I need to have a blessed life for this reason. So I can, number three, share it. So I can share it. Talking about the difference between religion and Christianity right now. Religion is selfish. Christianity is selfless. Think about that. Acts chapter 4. Turn over to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verse 8 to 13 says this. And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become what? The cornerstone. It's become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realised that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I think verse 13 has got to be my most favourite scripture in the Bible. I mean, every time I read that, I know there's hope for me. Every time I read that, I go, yes, that's one for the team. I know this gospel is real. I know this gospel is real. Because every one of those disciples dedicated the rest of their lives taking that message that Jesus gave to the world. Listen to it, to the world. I don't know if any of them, after the crucifixion, the resurrection, I don't know if any of them reopened their businesses. I mean, Peter was a fisherman, was Luke a doctor or something, Matthew a tax collector. I don't know whether they went back to their business field or not, but their witness to the world was unquestionable. So much so that they gave their lives for this gospel. Now, no one would do that for a lie. Amen? No one would do that if Jesus was, you know, uh, an attachment to their life. No, he was the cornerstone. He was the foundation that they built everything upon. It's not in our human nature to sacrifice all for others. Maybe one of the guys might have had a, a softer heart than the rest, but we're talking about the very nature of Jesus. The very nature of Jesus, the difference between religion and Christianity. See, see, they had their religion. They had their religion. They were Jews. They were the chosen ones. They didn't care less about the Gentiles. They didn't care about the rest of the world. As a matter of fact, they wouldn't even go into a Gentile home. There was no gospel message going out to change the world. No, we're it. We're the chosen. Their temple had walls all around it and you could only go in certain places. Such was their religion. And as long as you obeyed the rules... You were good. It didn't matter about the condition of your heart. They were in. And that's all that mattered. Until Jesus came along. And Christianity was birthed. See, religion was selfish that they were all that mattered. But Christianity was selfless because they gave their lives to the rest of the world. Amen. That's the gospel message. We've got to share it. We've got to share it. A question came to me this week, and it, it really challenged me. Really challenged me. So I'm going to challenge you. Is that fair? This thought came to me. That um, if salvation had a condition, and we know it doesn't, right? Salvation is unconditional, so don't send me any emails. We know that. But just imagine for a moment, just go with me. If, if salvation had a condition to it, that you, your sins can be forgiven, you'll spend eternity with Christ, wherever that you know, tends to be in glory, but you have to lead one person to Jesus a week, uh, a year for the rest of your life. If that was a condition, you had to lead one person to Jesus every 12 months as part of your salvation condition. The question is would you still follow Jesus? Would you still believe? And if you say, well, yeah, I'd, I'd continue to follow Jesus then why aren't we leading someone to Jesus now? Is that a fair question? And to take it further to offend you even a little more. I thought about imagine if there was a condition to salvation that you had to tithe. That part of your salvation condition to spend eternity with Jesus forever and ever was that you had to tithe. You had to obey the Bible And bring 10% of your income in every week. Would you still follow Jesus? See, for some folks, that would be a deal breaker right there. No. Then I've got to ask the question, do we really believe? And if we say, yeah, I'd still follow Jesus, well, then we would have to be tithing now, wouldn't we? Does that challenge you? Challenge me. Because I, I don't want to live religion. I want Christ as the foundation, the cornerstone. I want to build something that will change lives, that will reach the world. You know, before the, the ball... Uh, sorry. before the Berlin Wall was pulled down. There's a story, and I, I think someone mentioned it recently, brought it to mind. There's a story told of the people of East Berlin that reversed up to the gates and they, and they with dump trucks and they dumped rubbish all on the west. Truckloads of rubbish they dumped on the west. And in retaliation... The West Berliners got dump trucks filled with food and, and medicine and begin to dump those back over on the East. And there was a sign attached, and the sign says, "Each gives what they have to give." Amen? That's why you've got to be blessed. Because each gives what they have to give. So every day as you share this gospel, you're sharing life. Because you've been blessed with life. Amen? See, if you don't have anything, if you don't have that within, you've got nothing to give, nothing to share. Each one of us who believe and have applied the gospel to our lives should be blessed to overflowing. But the question is what is on the inside of us that we have to give? We have to share it, folks. Don't be religious. Be Christian. We're coming up to Christmas. What a great time. What a great time. One of two, I guess, of the only times in a year that the world actually has a a focus on Christ. Just a tiny glimpse. And it's our opportunity over the next few weeks to be able to speak and to be able to share and to be able to give and to be able to You know, connect with people that are hurting and broken and are in need. And show them Christ. Show them the real foundation that the church is built upon. Amen. Not religion, you know, there was a, I don't know if this young lady's here today, but a young lady came last Sunday and it's first time in church. First time in church single mum, and I said, tell me, tell me something that you had a preconception about that when you got here, it, was, it, it wasn't that at all. Just tell me one thing. And she thought about it for a bit. She said, you know, I wasn't judged. Amen? At that moment, I knew we're the church. I knew we were the church. Because it's not our place to judge anybody, amen? But to share the good news, to share the gospel with everyone, everyone we meet, every day, every moment, every opportunity that the Holy Spirit brings our way to step up and to pour out who we are in Christ. Amen? Amen? And you're going to have bad days. I have bad days. Ask Annie. She's got a chronicle, you know, a book on Byron's bad days. So we all have those. Don't share on that day, all right? But, you know, there's some good days too. A lot of good days. There's a lot of good days. All we've got to do is share it the goodness of God. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, in this house today, as the church, we embrace you. We, we adore you. We believe you are our only option. You are our choice, no question. And Lord, not only do we believe, Lord, but we're going to apply it every day and share this amazing message to a world That is lost. They're just lost. They're not bad, they're just lost. But we have the compass. His name is Jesus. Touch each one of us today, challenge each one of us. Lord, you know our lives. You know we have family, we have friends, we have neighbors that need to hear this message, that need to hear the gospel. They need to see it. Because we're the only Bible that maybe they'll ever read. So empower us, encourage us. Give us opportunity to be the church. Not religious. But Christian. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand this morning.